Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today I have a very special guest with me to continue our discussion of The Lost Hero. She is a sociology and anthropology just genius I guess I should say, maybe not (laughs) accurate but like honestly the the amount of skill it I'm I'm impressed every single day uh, she has been reading percy jackson since the age of 13 and has kept up with it and the fandom ever since please give a round of applause i know you're not actually here but just do it like where you're sitting or standing or whatever listening to this to the lovely and intelligent Arit edit thank you so much for coming to speak with me Arit. oh my god hi <laughs> thank you for having me and thank you for the lovely introduction thank you so much that was very nice it was very sweet of course oh my gosh our conversations (laughs) about Percy Jackson are kind of like the thing that makes my week whenever it just like randomly we'll just start sending voice messages to each other and it's literally literally fun (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry I made you so lazy in our chats. Um, we've literally like gone from people who type to people who send voice notes because we just there's so much to say <laughs> and so much information that we share with each other. And it's like typing like I don't have the patience for typing anymore. I just send the voice notes. That's that's just what we do now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, just for real. Honestly, it's just so much more useful. Like we started, what was it? It was with the bold type that we were discussing first. Oh, yeah. To to voice notes. And it just moved into Percy Jackson. It just kind of goes between the two. It's brilliant. I love it. There's so many theories. What I like like about us, we can talk about anything. (laughs) Definitely. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so today, well, well, we'll probably be doing that. There's a lot to talk about, actually, with the section that we're discussing today. So as everyone who's listening will hopefully remember from last week, the way in which I'm going through the Heroes of Olympus uh, is basically kind of doing it in plot line, sort of subject section sort of situation. So this time, continuing, obviously, with the Lost Hero story break, we, I, we, bleh, we have got Camp Half-Blood, which covers pages 30, to 116 now as always we've got our points to focus on so today we're going over characters mythology narrative and just generally what we thought of it but to begin here is the synopsis Eric, would you like to cover the synopsis absolutely all right let me just scroll and get my screen bigger all right perfect so our <laughs> New heroes, Jason, Grace, Piper McQueen, and Leo Valdez. Um, they arrive at Camp Half-Blood um, while undergoing personal, you know, personal dilemmas and stresses. Um, and it takes different tools on them individually. So Piper collapses, Leo discovers and explores his fire abilities. And Jason is 
um, consulting a sleep specialist. <laughs> um, as Jason arrives, um, we're introduced to Jason and he has no idea about anything himself at all. Um, so nothing is making sense, um, to, albeit to Jason and to, and to the others as well. You know, they're all very new to everything. And there is, the, and then, you know, there's one thing that they're going off, going off of here. There is a goddess in need of saving. That is the major and only thing that is clear right now. Um, <laughs> she needs their help. And this is what brings them to Camp Half-Blood. And here we are. Exactly. There is literally, I, like you said, like that's the one thing that's clear. That's pretty much like the main thing that happens in this yeah. section for the book. That is, is the one thing we know goddess. <laughs> Like we're at, we're at page 116 and all we know so far is that a goddess is in trouble. And that's mm-hmm. kind of it. That's all yeah. that's happened thus far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um oh. yeah so uh there is a lot that goes on so we have obviously going with this we've got the multiple uh povs in heroes of olympus so we have a piper section in this we have leo jason and then we have another little bit of piper as well mm-hmm. so obviously as usual there is sort of the chapters overview so but it's kind of going going to go in order this in this case of uh yeah. the characters <laughs> storyline in this so we are started Oh, English is hard today. My God. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I do have a question. How do you feel about the way that um, characters' chapters are laid out? So it's not like it's Piper, Jason, Leo, Piper, Jason, Leo. It's Piper, Leo, 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 Jason, Jason, Piper, Piper, Piper. Like I just noticed that he does that in the books, but I don't know if that. If, I don't know if anybody else found that significant or like ever thought to question that. I just thought like mm, this is interesting. Yeah, um, I did. Like, it was a bit odd wasn't it because they all have like two chapters each it seems and then they move on to another person the only thing i can think is to is the fact that that's kind of similar to what happens in the kane chronicles because i think the kane chronicles came the first book came out before heroes of olympus and they do it with the siblings so i think it's just so that they have enough to in those two (laughs) chapters to happen for like a little bit of the the siblings narrative to occur to then move to someone else i think it's also kind of just drama because like obviously piper's first yeah, two chapters but... here like <laughs> it ends with her collapsing and then we move to leo so like 100 yeah. it's just rick like trolling at the readers yeah, to be like yeah. ah no you and... don't get to find out yeah here's something else <laughs> and that, again with the trolling so like for example an example of this is when um piper turns beautiful at the campfire so obviously this is piper who is like the anti um anti pink anti glitter and anti makeover piper you know that mm-hmm. piper and um she turns beautiful and everybody's like wow you're a model you're beautiful you look like linda evangelista i hope you guys caught that drag race drag, drag race reference um but, <laughs> but yeah everyone's like wow you're beautiful you're a model you're like linda evangelista <laughs> not like that but i'm just being silly. but yeah <laughs> And then I was like, oh, okay, so this is interesting. I mean, to be, f- I mean, it was interesting, but like, um, you know, it wasn't that shocking. You know, the the tomboy girl who's suddenly beautiful, and now she's like, no. And then all of a sudden, we cut to Leo, and then it's like, oh, Leo, we're on Leo for several pages before we go back to um Piper. So yeah, I just, yeah. I just like, why? Like, it's just. Uh, but again, as you said, it's kind of like to keep us a little bit in suspense about what's just happened with this character, mm. and then about us with so many pages of this other character. It's like, oh right, Piper is still. Yeah, I've completely forgot about Piper actually <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's kind of the thing like there are quite a lot of characters out there that we're jumping between so like like you said we'll, we'll have like a piper chapter so like in this case obviously um but this section for uh for piper it ends with her collapsing and then we get two chapters worth of leo 
and then yeah. his kind of ends on a cliffhanger situation and then we've got two chapters worth of jason before we go back to piper so we have four chapters before we even go back to find out what happened to piper so it is kind of like okay now but it's you're kind of dragging on a little bit now like <laughs> yeah so i think it definitely kind of drags yeah yeah which is a little disappointing <laughs> i still read it so you know <laughs> yeah still read it's just kept going because you kind of like when you then get back to the character like oh yeah you were you were passed yeah, out right yeah okay just that sudden bit of like oh yes no i remember okay i've caught up now there we go <laughs> all right um it's sort of like having like at the start of those chapters when it's been a while a sort of oh what's the word like a mini refresher is like the starting bit of just like oh she dreamt of like while well, she was out of it she dreamt of her father no, it's like oh yes because she passed out so yes she's out of it so it has like a mini one sentence sort of refresher ish yeah, element a, um, yeah which is That's uh, still, yeah, not totally lost which is great <laughs> yeah not totally lost just a little bit like okay sure right cool mm. <laughs> sort of situation but um, for Piper's chapters for this section, so obviously we've got two different parts of her as well. So um, in this section, we've got the first two chapters, which is sort of the part one here. Um, and the overview for those sort of chapters are basically Piper has a bad feeling about where they're going in camp. And she's had nightmares prior to this that have warned her about, you know, straying away from what they need her to do. Um, she's got a bit of, you know, romantic idealizing sort of going on guiding her towards jason and only jason and all she's currently focusing on is jason with a little bit of jealousy it's just straight away you are kind of like oh god okay we've got this cool we're gonna get into this we're we're really gonna get literally um when you so this kind of stuff this kind of topic it's just even even when i read when i first read this book at like what 15 or so when it first came out so we were um we were you know babies we were 15 or so when it came out mm. and I remember reading it and just being completely dis- disinterested in this whole um just being so disinterested in this whole area that we're f- that you know this whole romantic kind of the, the you know the storyline of the plots of the romantic plots there we go the romantic plots in the books they just seemed very um and I know I'm not I'm often not alone in this they just seemed very disinterested it was just so uninteresting to me at the Mm. time and it still is now especially like you know maturing in age and then like obviously with a degree in sociology and anthropology like I cannot read or watch something without like completely taking apart the narratives and the lenses and the perspectives that we're looking at and the context like race class gender all of that stuff like I will literally analyze the whole thing and the characters the scenarios the situations and like even I think like even when I was a kid I I I, you know I I wasn't that interested in it but I couldn't articulate why but now growing up being older with more life experience and more knowledge I'm definitely able to articulate everything that is bothering me about you know the way um Piper is going about her um goes about her chapters goes about you know the quest and everything how the female characters particularly in this book are being presented how they're depicted mm-hmm. how they are written and i i noticed that um this really starts in the in the heroes of heroes of olympus series because um in the pjo it's all percy's correct me if I'm, yeah no it's all percy's point yeah, of view yeah. so he's got 
um, female, we've got female characters and how they are how they are in relation to Percy. Um, but in you know, Heroes of Olympus, they've got their own chapters, their own point of views, and that you know brings them more to the forefront for analysis. And when you really look at the and I, I even noticed that I personally noticed that more in like discussion boards and like you know posts that people people would write. I noticed that these these kind of conversations about you know um, female characters in writing and especially when you have a male male um, author writing them, I noticed that they were happening more you know after Heroes of Olympus came out because again we've got more female. I mean, Annabeth, Annabeth is the a female protagonist, but like we've got this um, female protagonist centered in their own chapters, in their own point mm. of views and in their own storylines that we see in depth. So, you know, from that, it's just, um, you know, it's it kind of, it's just escalated after per- um, um, Percy Jackson. It just, it just got, it just got a lot more. There was so much to, there was so much to, uh, there was so much to unpack um, mm. going forward as in, he- in Heroes of Olympus. So there is always going to be a lot to say about these characters um, and the storylines. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's there's definitely a lot that can be noticed. Sorry, I just realised I had books that were kind of trapped under something. I was like, wait, what? how the hell do these get here? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's definitely something I notice a lot about Piper's chapters is that they... F- and this is this is no offense intended to to Rick Riordan. It's a very common thing, but they feel like they're written by a male author. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's so it's very very clear. Absolutely. Even like her interactions with other female characters, like yes, oh my goodness. Like um, I know we're talking about chapters now, but like this the a very prevalent narrative in um in this book particularly is the demonization of femininity and i know um a lot of people will have come across this concept um demonization of femininity so basically mm. um that's basically i mean it's not a new concept it's something that has been around since you know forever it's basically where we take the um you know the beautiful feminine you know hyper feminine girl who loves her makeup has long wavy hair that she styles every morning does her makeup perfectly has her well-fitted clothes and and of course she's like mean and popular and stuck up and that is you know the narrative that we run with in um tv series in movies in music Mm. videos Um, take um taylor swift um you belong with me and basically that is what that that video is basically um you know, demonization of femininity, like no shade to Taylor Swift. I, I don't want any problems in this podcast, but um, but <laughs> it's just it's just a very good example that uh, that has uh, that I have also that I have, I have also come along. You know, when researching such a topic, when you when you look into this topic, is is it's a common thing. It's 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 not a new thing, and you know, and you know, it has also shown its face in this book, in this mm. in this you know in this series. So obviously, we meet Drew. And then instantly, the the minute we are introduced to um, Drew, there is like almost a physical showdown where Piper gets up to like fight her after, uh, obviously after Drew, after Drew insults her first and, you know, making Drew the antagonist immediately, you know, that that's basically mm. a setup for, you know, how we're going to view the feminine, um, you know, the, the pretty girly characters that immediately tells us that, you know, she's pretty, she's mean, and but Piper's our hero, you know, she cuts her own hair, she wears, um, she wears, she gets her clothing, she, she doesn't, she doesn't mind about her clothing, she um, give her a pair of comfy, comfy trainers any day over heels, and you know, that's Piper, that's who we're rooting for, and that's just a kind of, kind of message that, um, 
that will get in this book. And you know what? It's also very reflective of society. Mm. And in general, like, you know, this it, it didn't come out of nowhere, to be fair. But, you know, it's definitely something that that we could have gone without, you know, with because with such with such a with, with with the way Percy Jackson is and you know how diverse it got over time like I wish this wasn't something that you know was included in this book I feel like with the way Rick with the way Rick Riordan um wrote this series I feel like um you know this the female characters could have been done a lot better um mm. Again, like you said, no shade to him, no shade to him. Like it's, uh, you know, he Percy Jackson is a massive is a massive franchise, so you know he's done. He has done a good job, but every now and then it's just like hmm, this could have been, you know. I wonder how this would be if it were different, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree, and I think this is kind of what continues in like this, like the specific, like the starting part of like Piper's um chapter overview is that like she has moments so like Annabeth is giving her like a tour guide and she's learning more about yeah. the whole situation and stuff and making her more anxious but then and this is the thing that got me so like the like the quote-unquote the worst thing that happens is that she finds out that jason technically <laughs> and her relationship with him really only existed oh. in her mind it was an illusion and oh, and it just like i was kind of like oh is that really the worst possible thing yeah. just like and then she I, cries and she full on has, she has a whole thing yeah. like, oh, I don't usually do this. I'm not, I'm not this sort of person. I'm like, oh my God, just say the words. I'm not like other girls. Okay. Honestly, she just say the word. This is another thing that I didn't like, the constant pushing. Like these are kids, like, like, like Annabeth actually said, like, you know, you guys are like, what, 15? And again, you guys are, 15, you guys are babies. You should not be romance should not be this deep like obviously like children aren't asexual like children do experience feelings you know emotions they do get attached to other people and that is fair enough but it should not be like throughout the whole Percy Jackson series like the you know what like I, I don't I feel like I shouldn't go into Persevere in this <laughs> that's gonna be a, that's I mean there's a slight discussion of Persevere because like obviously that whole thing like Piper is aware that Annabeth is very mm-hmm. upset about the missing Percy situation so it's fine you can go into it go for it <laughs> I mean, like, with all that is going on, like, in Percy Jackson, with all that's going you guys are on quest after quest after quest after quest, and you're worried about, what, who is kissing who, and um, yeah. who has a crush on who, and then it doesn't stop there. It also goes on into Heroes of, Heroes of Olympus. So you've got um, Piper, you know, devoting so much time and attention towards Jason, and, and Jason is, you know, he doesn't even know what's going on. Like, yeah. this is... But like, and it's also pushing uh, again to um again to look at it in like a social so the sociologist uh, perspective. It's 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 pushing the, it it kind of sending this kind of message to the readers, especially like considering the demographic that this book these books are aimed at. Um, you know, teenagers, mm-hmm. young adults. It's another thing that people deal with. It's um you know in their in their lives in real lives is the is the idea of that like if you don't have a romantic partner like you know there's something you know there's something wrong with you like if you don't like people think like by 15 16 you should have had like your first boyfriend or so mm. and you know this book doesn't this book particularly doesn't help because we get a we get an idea of the ages and then we see how much time they devote to um, wanting a partner. And then with Leo's character as well, something that adds to how kind of 
sad and pitiful he pitiful his character is is that he doesn't have a partner and yeah. what kind of message that you're sending to readers and to um, teenagers adolescents young people who are reading the books it's not like is this something that I thought we could have that I felt strongly that we that we could have gone without you know mm. um so yeah um I would have loved to have seen more friendships than romance because to be honest like 15 like friendships are that the main things like for children teenagers and young people friendships tend to be and they actually should they actually should be more of a center focus like romance should not you, there is a lot of emotional intelligence and maturity that goes into romantic relationships and i think that most um most people aren't ready for that until like they've matured into adulthood but that's just um that's 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 um that is just something to think to think about something that um uh, that should be discussed more like there's nothing wrong with dating it as don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with dating when you're young but um i sort of hyper fixation that piper has yeah, kind of yeah like, it's, that's yeah. where it kind of gets into the unhealthy sort of exactly, levels. Exactly. And i mean these chapters like you mentioned about like leo like um obviously like piper's chapters ends with like rachel speaking in a different voice of like a god yeah. saying free me and then piper collapses and it goes into leo and like leo's first like opening section is talking about how attractive the nymphs are hoping that he's not related to everyone here yeah. because there are some attractive girls and i'm like oh my god so straight away <laughs> we're into this girl obsessed adhd builder boy on his tour <laughs> like and you know like everybody with pairing up these characters piper and jason annabeth and percy obviously this is gonna with leo not having a partner this is gonna feed into his toxic masculinity because he's like he like he like now needs a partner you know and this is what i mean because with um when, when you're younger you're dealing with all these kind of pressures and um you know the pressure to find a romantic partner kind of leads you to like it can cause it can leave you it can leave you vulnerable to um you know other negative traits such as like like we've just seen with like leo's toxic masculinity like he is like every girl that he sees it's like um he is like on he is like this is what i need this is what i want it's just like mm-hmm. it's just not exactly healthy in a way and again like i said there's nothing wrong with um i don't want anyone to think like it's wrong to date when you're in the kid when you're young like there is such a thing as childhood sweethearts and it does work absolutely but i feel like in this this is a very good example of what happens most times like people feel so pressured to have a relationship that they don't really notice other things other important things in life other important things going on around them like you just crashed into camp half blood and you're worried, worried about pretty girls with long hair like that is not what you should be thinking about right now mm. yeah, yeah yeah and actually like there's kind of the added thing of like as we learn throughout like leo's chapters in this case for his overview is that he has like a dark past of his own like he sees yeah. like a killer auntie that tried well yeah. called what was she called like tia something tia kalina that's it um and like all he remembers just like oh yes this was the auntie who tried to kill me when i was a child and then things about like his his missing mum who'd be like like to find out passed away and like he has sarcasm for days to basically cover up this like pain and then he's going to a cabin that's also completely filled with very literal and also emotional pain for the hephaestus cabin which is where he's been claimed to and like it just kind of carries on like it just shows like like you mentioned it later on which we'll get into a little bit more is that 
he really doesn't have much of a character at the moment. All he is is just like sarcasm and sarcasm, sarcasm. How did I say that word so wrong? Sarcasm. Punchline after punchline, and it's just like a very tiresome trope. I think like we've, it, mm. it's all very cliche. I think so. You've got this, um, you've got this character who's going through so much, and of course, he, of course, he has a front. They all do when they're mm. hurting like that, and it's just very cliche. And like you just got page after page after page of like Cleo, de, uh, not Cleo, Leo, reflecting <laughs> with humor with every other sentence that comes out of his mouth, and it's like, are we done now? Like, yeah, it does get a little bit irritating after a while, especially when he doesn't like foot isn't fully recognizing sort of the cues and emily it's things like that where like i know there's um a headcanon that leo is um possibly neurodivergent or autistic side um or possibly more asperger's i would assume in that like as we <sighs> notice like he doesn't pick up these social yeah. cues of it yeah. he really shouldn't be making jokes when they're clear like his siblings in the Hephaestus cabin are clearly in some kind of emotional pain yeah. this was the same one they were talking about Beckendorf's um passing away wasn't it yeah and he just keeps I making jokes that, doesn't he yeah I found that moment very telling I feel like at that moment I I I was inclined to cut him some slack because when people um especially in situations regarding the topic of death um mm. people do grieve differently and then the way people grieve depends on you know um it 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 depends it 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 depends on who they are and it depends on um like you said there is the there like with all like with majority of demigods and all demigods there there is um the there is the aspect of new new neurodivergence um and mm. for that um that should absolutely be accounted for uh because you know they are you know neurodivergent characters are not like should not be like an afterthought like they Mm. you know it they should be something it should be something that should be considered you know almost immediate like absolutely immediately this you know so um i definitely i definitely i definitely noticed that and i noticed that because he's um all, he's so all over the place like this there is a there is a reason for that um and he's he's viewed it and i say all over the place because that's how other characters view him like mm. how many times did Jason call him annoying um um and then the times where he um didn't quote unquote read the room yeah, and yeah. Then his siblings like all of that it was just like i said it was just very with all the with all the way the, with the way these characters are interacting with him, it's all very pitiful. So, mm. yeah, it was the Leo's character required a lot of work and a lot of emotional support, which he didn't, which he did not get. Which we, which we like you said, we'll get into later as well. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I am rambling, so sorry, but yeah. no, no, don't worry about it. I, like you made, yeah. you make a lot of points. Like there is something to say about Leo's character. Like you can very instantly tell that sort of this sarcasm that he has is very much. A defense of his but also it's very clearly just tied to his personality in general just like the defense mechanism aside like he has that yeah. reference of like he keeps making these jokes at the forge and he's just saying oh i really hope i'm not the only funny hephaestus kid um and things like that so you can kind of get a sense of like who he is as a person but then we also we get into like the more sadder side of like something he can't push away, which is when he gets this history lesson about Hephaestus kids with the ability to resist and create fire. And usually how that's a sign of misfortune and like it's a dangerous sort of situation. And he's like, ah, yes. Well, that's me as he lights fire in his hand. It's like, well, that sounds about right. I am dangerous. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. That was, <laughs> and then we end on that. And it's like, oh no, this is such a huge twist. Now we're moving away straight away. 
and we literally left him like playing with fire with his fingers. I was like, oh, okay. And then we went back to Piper. <sighs> oh, to Jason. Jason this time. Oh, was it Jason? Oh, yeah, yeah, so it's Jason next. And then Piper again uh-huh. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she's close by, so don't worry. But yeah, no, the order gets a little bit confusing. But I think the order uh-huh. is Jason, Piper, Leo, and then it kind of like roots back yeah. around and goes back. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, but ironically, again, like we were mentioning earlier to do with romance, when we go into Jason's chapters, it starts with Drew flirting with him and then giving him a history on how it's. <laughs> and this is what I found funny because they did this in The Last Olympian as well of like saying how it's okay for demigods from different cabins and with different godly parents, it's okay for them to date as long as you don't date someone of the same godly parent because they're your siblings. And I'm like, aren't technically they're technically all siblings because all the gods are siblings with each other but um it's it's funny how they try like it's continuously trying to be brought up to be like no no it's fine it's not incest there is no dna it's fine (laughs) exactly it's all good um but yeah it's it's a (laughs) it is kind of interesting it did it makes me laugh because they did that in the last olympian as well and it's very clear that the reason why they brought it up in the last olympian was because like oh yes this is the book where percy and annabeth are going to get together so we're going to have to explain this away very quickly (laughs) just a little throwaway line and then they do it again here because obviously we can tell a jason and piper situation is building up as well so it's another oh it's fine don't worry just a reminder (laughs) A reminder don't worry this is not a crime <laughs> this is not incestuous it's okay <laughs> um but then like jason's chapters like um like what we'll get on to especially in the, in the next bit um following up like there's kind there's like things that happen but then also things that don't fully happen the mm-hmm. only thing that kind of like shows a big thing is that we are finally well we're introduced to chiron again who says that jason should be dead which is you know <laughs> great way to meet someone I, I, I really remember the line you should be dead and i think i believe it was in italics and everything like you should be dead something like that yeah I, I, i'm intrigued now is it in italics because that would actually be extra funny <laughs> um but yeah i just remember it being like oh gosh okay well that's an interesting twist um and yeah so there's like various other things as well like where we get signs of him being different like the fact he has like an entire conversation with chiron in latin which is not yeah. something that's like natural to demigods or at least at Camp Half-Blood with yeah. Greek children demigods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have like a goddess arrive saying that she needs saving. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just more drama arrives, like Piper arrives, passed out and just things just happen. And then uh, like Annabeth and Jason go in search of answers about him, but everything's just coming up Roman, just everything is Roman yeah. related um mm-hmm. and it's just it, like there's the the only like important thing that kind of happens in jason's chapters is like continuous references to roman aspects and then the mm-hmm. goddess arriving who we find out is juno as jason calls her or yeah. hera in this case who's being captured and in need of saving and then that's kind of it <laughs> and then we go into piper like that's like a really interesting thing like there's roman stuff and hera yeah, like this not anymore new, and on greek territory as well yeah yeah, yeah. so it's actually like oh what's the, oh this is interesting this is a twist and oh i've just realized no one can see that i'm doing quite much <laughs> i'm doing quite marks around twist quote unquote quote unquote yeah uh and then we go into piper's chapter well 
single chapter in this case for the ending of the section um where during her knocked out state she's having uh some dreams about her father on their last day together uh the good and the bad before it changes to the scene of a giant holding her father captive and demanding that she works for his side for the safety of her father uh she wakes up rachel comforts her but that just kind of makes things worse and yeah. she's still wrapped up in jason and worrying about that situation so she tries to think of something else and hopes that her godly parent that may claim her tonight will be athena and that's kind of where it ends yeah for this section and are we surprised that her first thought is once again in relation to Jason? Yeah, no. so this is what I mean. Like, there is so much, like, you are in a beautiful camp, and I believe the camp is summer all year long, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in a beautiful camp, like, and yeah, they are in the middle of winter. New York is in winter right now, and you're in a beautiful patch of summer. So much is going on. You're learning so much history about mythology, and like, you like, like if I were to find like mythology was like real, like I would be so blown away. Like I would be so blown away by all this like magic and wonderful things around me. Like this is what I didn't. Uh, this is the this again. This is the this is what I was have. This is the issue that I was having with the whole plot romance plot because it's just like it. You're giving it such a. You're giving it su- such a such a big place in these children's lives when there's so much more other interesting things going on in their lives and again it's also very reflective of um, society like there's Mm. so much that makes a person that makes a person and their life more more you know more than a relationship does there's more to life than that and I just wish that could have been Mm. you know expressed and explored and depicted more you know like again again I feel like I feel like I just have to put like a disclaimer like there is nothing wrong with dating when you're young like obviously like you know we all have crushes we all like have we all have a, a person every now and then mm. um and, you know me too <laughs> but um like for me like it just it, it just again back then I, I couldn't I couldn't narrate exactly what I was feeling but now I do and it's just like oh I can't stop talking about it <laughs> no I kind of get you it's just what- like it is, it's kind of like it's a bit much, especially considering, like you said, like, she's experiencing this camp for the first time. She's finding out that Greek gods are real Greek and gods. she's the child of them. But also, her father is literally in danger and her focus is still on Jason. We have a few small scenes about her dad being in trouble and that's kind of it. And it's like, what would she, and literally the, the problem with this and the way that, it's all getting worse for us because like it's all rooted in like what will jason think of me oh and it's like God. i feel like if you had gone to your friend i feel like i always imagine like what it would be like if piper like sat her friends down and be like so here's this thing about my dad going on like if she had shared this concern with other people like was she allowed to i mean correct me if i'm wrong did they hold her to secrecy on this um i don't actually i don't think know. that they did because I was just like going over it, thinking like, what was stopping her from ask from asking for help? You know, yeah, she. I think she mentions just like I like. I think her exact words are something just like, um, I couldn't tell them. Not that she, like she wasn't. She was forced to be. It's that she felt like she couldn't. She felt like she was betraying them. I'm like, but yeah. that doesn't mean you like, can't tell them. Exactly. Yes. I was like, because when I when I kept going over it, it's like I couldn't tell them. I couldn't tell them. I'm like it's like okay. So like. 
is it that the minute the words come out of your mouth like they're gonna smite your dad on the spot like is that what you mean by that or is it like you yeah. couldn't tell them jason couldn't look at me the same yeah and i think that's what it is because when it happens later because obviously well slight spoilers for everyone listening but this is discuss the spoilers so any but when that does scene ha- does happen i'm pretty sure that like her main focus is just she's worried about what they'll think but obviously they don't care they want to help <laughs> and all i can think is it's your friendship with these two lads really that bad that you exactly. don't think you can trust their reaction like if they're your real friends why, they wouldn't care they'd want to help exactly. and this is why there should be more focus on friendships because because when you're growing up friendships make more of an impact on you as a person than mm. um because you you know friendship happens first in a person's life you know and there should there should be more of an elaboration on this so this is why i feel like in the books and then considering how much time these kids spend together and the kind of situations that they're in like Mm. friendships between them should be further explored because at the end of the day that is the and because even in this book like it's the friendship she has with with leo and jason that you know helps her rescue her father you know Mm. so again like if we if we got a look, if if we had you know a more developed friendship between these characters, like maybe it would have been a shorter book because she, like, she could have been like, oh hey guys, um, so this is what's happening with my dad, and <laughs> I really it would have been a short. I feel like these books faster. did need to be shorter though. We probably like, would have got faster, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say we're what we're 116 pages in, and all we know is that a goddess <laughs> has been captured. That's literally it. Uh, yeah, that and like Jason has no memories and Percy's missing. But like mm-hmm. currently, the Percy situation doesn't seem to be like it seems connected to the Scottish situation. But still, 116 pages, and we've only just gotten to the plot point sort of situation. <laughs> it is a bit much. And then you like oh, look God. at the other books. Like uh, if you got to 116 pages, one or the other, you'd be like in the, the middle of the book <laughs> nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so it just it does feel slightly drawn out situation especially considering like the only like what you mentioned to do with friendship as well like the only friendship visual that we're seemingly getting is the possibly budding relationship of friendship between Annabeth and Piper because they seem to understand yeah. each other a lot yeah, um, yeah. Piper is like attuned to people's emotions clearly she sensed the entire time Annabeth was giving her the tour yeah. Annabeth was kind of conflicted by something um, mm-hmm. And Annabeth also seemingly attuned to her feelings as well, so took her deliberately away so she could get these emotional feelings out about a boy um, <laughs> and things mm-hmm. like that. But they have this connection together. But like, like you said, these things just don't seem to develop. Like, mm. I don't. You don't really see Leo and Piper as friends. I think this is a big thing. Yes, and that is something that I keep forgetting, and that's something that's just my mind because I, I keep forgetting that Leo and Piper like are friends. Friends. Like they were actually a friendship before Jason came into the picture. And it's like you wouldn't even think that because like it's like it's like and the way Piper and Jason talk about Leo, I you could swear they don't like him. Like yeah. that's just you know, like, do you guys like Leo or yes or no? Because this is very and it's like it's not like I don't like Leo, it's just that he's just not very I mean, I guess you could say that he's not he's not very you yeah like and then with the way the characters interact with him it's like it's like it's like his him it's like Leo as a character is diminished from the opinions of of others so um Mm. and then also the like we like we again we mentioned about Leo and you know the the 
the as with as with the majority of demigods, like the neo neo that the fact that they are neo neurodivergent, mm-hmm. and with Leo's case, it's 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 so glaring, and the fact that he's alone in this, the fact that he doesn't have any emotional support from his friends. It's so devastating, and mm. it's like the word I used for, for his character is it's very pitiful. Like mm. I, he's not my favorite character, and I don't hate him, but it's just very sad to watch. And it's um, and you know he again he's got his humor thing going on, but when it does come out, it's like it's like a scene in it's, it's like a scene where um someone makes a joke and then everyone is like dead quiet and it's like like they'll say a joke thinking that it's funny but everyone is like yikes and that's literally how I feel whenever Leo is like yikes yikes um and again with the friendship thing like especially the the fact that he 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 wouldn't be alone in um you know in in um he wouldn't be alone in what he's experiencing because at Camp Half-Blood it's all demigods with similar stories who have had um you know difficult backgrounds that you know challenges that have been extremely that have been extremely difficult for them and that could have been that should have been something that um um should have been further explored as well especially in the Hephaestus cabin they've lost they've lost a sibling and you know I feel like that was also another wasted opportunity because like Leo could have really found like his tribe like he has this whole group of siblings who understand what it is you know to 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 grieve to experience loss and especially with the whole curse that they're under like but again like it's all like Leo bad boy supreme deflecting with deflecting with humor and like a plot device and he's the he's the fun one in the trio so we've got to keep him that way so that um so that he has a place in this um, trio who go up on their quest um and we don't get any time with him you know exploring you know making other friendships because god knows he needs it at this point yeah um like that is something that could have that i thought like could have been looked at um you know like just giving Leo more of a friendship, more friends and like a, a better, like fleshed out friendship um storyline, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think there's just something about Leo's character. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to say it was purposeful because obviously we don't know what Rick was thinking yeah. whilst doing it, but there's definitely something about his character. And it's, it's one of the first things that like we see um him say when he's introduced to this whole whole new world situation um and that is like the beginning hints of like like we've been saying his toxic masculinity with his Mm -hmm. attitude towards butch by uh, the son of a rainbow goddess uh like he uh he um very mockingly says ah yes a rainbow tattoo rainbows very Very macho like immediately was like not like this character and then like we see all all the troubles and it's like oh okay and now i feel it's not that i feel bad for it it's obviously like obviously like you can be empathetic and like that is sad but it's all just very pitiful it's just not Mm. oh it's sad but like in a different way you know yeah kind of like in that sort of like it is that's and i feel bad saying it which yes, is i also it, feel bad about this yeah, as well I feel, I feel bad but then at the same time kind of like it is it comes across a little like he is coming across a little bit pathetic like he's making fun of people he's being a little bit cruel in some places especially in regards to butch like he says ah oh, rainbows and ponies you know and kind of making fun of that like it's not a nice, like you've just met this person and you're insulting them like instantly over mm-hmm. something that you deem inferior um yeah. and it's just it's a 
it's things like that that just we don't know enough about Leo to kind of get on board with his character at this point. All we've seen is him making fun of someone he doesn't know and mm-hmm. making jokes at really inappropriate times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like in this case, obviously, the only confirmation we have in the book is that he has ADHD. And I don't feel like yeah. ADHD kind of covers the whole, you know, making jokes. Yeah. Like people are grieving reason, about yeah. that person's death sort of situation. Yeah. Just like, yeah. it's a bit much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I understand it. But at the same time, it's like when it's like page after page and page after page of this, it's like, come on, please. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long like Leo's chapters are, but they are like it does take a long time. And like I, I yeah. felt drained after reading. Literally, this. yes, like, that is, that is the I was drained just like reading this. Like, okay, it's like tell That's us more nice. about you as a person. Stop making jokes at other people's expense. Yeah, and it's like when he does, when we do see Leo as a person, it's all very self depreciating, and it's just like it hurts to read, honestly. Like, yeah, goodness yeah. me. um i think that's the whole thing like piper currently even though we're both frustrated about the romantic like obsession currently seen in in her chapters she is currently the only character pov we've got that has a bit of character like jason jason is nothing he's so bland yeah and I feel like, and that was intentional. I feel like we could we could go into that later, but like the blandness of Jason is, to me, is very much intentional. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, like it, we'll, we'll discuss that later. But yeah, I feel like that definitely serves a purpose. Like when we're talking about Jason, like we can, there is a lot to say. It's funny because like he's so bland, but there is so much to say about this blandness. Yeah, honestly, we can go into it now. Like we might as well oh, okay. sort of cover it. So, I mean, I think it's pretty certain to say that the the fact that he's a blank slate is actually crucial to the storytelling. Mm. It's crucial to um you know the um the development of the story and the book. So obviously he starts off with amnesia. So like classic um he is a he is a blank state blank slate with we, he has no idea the kind of person he he is so we don't know what kind of person he is he doesn't have any storyline so um all we have to do is wait until someone gives him a storyline so <laughs> you see what i mean so like basically um jason is just defined by the reader as well as the other characters so he there is not he is just here for everybody else to you know imprint on him and then mm go he's very much going with the flow as he tries to figure everything out so he is he is the person that we need so that every, everyone can figure out what the prophecy is and then fulfill the prophecy um and also find percy so there's not again there's not much to him until like until the reader and other characters say so so it's like okay all right well you you as a person progress with the story i guess and even when we do even and even when we do find out more about him because it's not about him but more more so about the prophecy more so about the pro, more more so about the storyline like it's not even it doesn't even make him interesting it just makes the story interesting so very much jason is very much a tool yeah, yeah. he's literally, he's a very literal tool and <laughs> i think it's both hilarious but also kind of sad like he's meant to th- be this main character especially like in the later books he's meant to be someone who rivals percy and i'm like this man yeah, is I'm a like, plank I, of I wood i never saw it i never felt no. it at all like when he got his memories back he's like i am traitor of the 12th legion like i never even felt it. it's like okay 
Yeah, she, he's shown nothing impressive thus far. Like the whole thing. So this is like what I felt with his character, and like I continue to feel at this moment. He feels like, you know, like in Wattpad fiction where you do like self-insert characters, like you put yourself into this story or this world that you've created where you are literally the character. Jason feels like an audience version of like he is a self-insert character for the yeah. audience who has no personality has basically nothing that we can we can put our own personality onto him yeah. like, like fan and jason is amazing yeah. but canon yeah. jason is boring gosh like even after all those books i still couldn't even tell you what jason is i still couldn't tell you a lot about jason like even after all the books in the series i i feel like i could put like what two sentences together about it and call it a day because like there's not much i i don't even know like i don't even think of him <laughs> And this is probably just me being petty about that whole Reina thing. Like, I just like, this is just not giving, it's just not giving this, you know, golden boy narrative that mm. I sometimes see in like discussion fandom posts every now and then. Like, I'm like when people say like, he's the dad friend, I'm like, hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I'm, I'm personally just not seeing it. Like right. he's a person you vaguely remember from school. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not even. Sure. And then like he's just there to like call Leo annoying and just like um go back and forth about Willow, Win- Willow, wouldn't he about Piper? And it's just like, mm. goodness me. Yeah, he's a connective. Th- he's basically the narrative point. He's not a character. He's a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, kind of, it's very clear in these sections, like things are happening to him. Exactly. He himself isn't doing anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, he's just there. Like the only thing I know about Jason's character is that the most interesting thing about him is that he's currently shipped with a brick because he oh, gets hit with bricks so much. Honestly. That's the most defining thing about him is this connection to bricks. And I'm just kind of like, okay. The, the fact that that's a thing is a bit <laughs> I know it's a joke but the fact that that's the most defining thing that you have to make a joke about him to do with bricks and even Piper and Jason has a relationship like I was even when I finally like got on board like okay this is happening then fair enough even when I finally got on board with that it was just very like hmm. sort of like no, a shrug your shoulder situation exactly. like, like no chemistry no sparkle no nothing it was giving nothing oh my i guess it's just uh, like it's good to have high standards and i it's like high standards can be like there's a lot of things that are very mediocre and it's like oh yeah yeah this is the whole thing like it seems like that but like people say like piper is the least interesting character i'm like how is piper less interesting when you've got jason like jason what who is jason <laughs> character had so much potential and that's where it went wrong but it's yeah. actually your character that's what that's that's incorrect yeah like literally if you were gonna say like she is more interesting than jason and especially thus far in this story as well she's also more interesting than leo currently as well yeah like he's the yeah. only one with a character at the moment the romance thing is annoying but at least currently she has a character Mm-hmm. But to kind of go into like the narrative aspect of, especially to do with like the Jason situation, yeah. Um, and kind of what we've been talking about, like I feel this is the this is the main thing we we focus on a lot. It's just like why is the romance so so important to this narrative? Like, it is it's the central focus at the moment, oh. and it's it, it shouldn't be this important because truly, like, 
like there is so much going on going on in general there is so much we've got a half man half horse we have got you came into campus on a pegasus i i don't know how else i don't know how what else i can tell these kids honestly yeah it's yeah and it's just to it's just to it feel like we're missing out you just miss out on other things like um other things that could have been like far more interesting so with Leo and Piper, I really want to see, like, especially with Piper being someone who is attuned to um, people's feelings and emotions, who is a very sensitive and feeling person, I feel like, um, not to say like she would be like a therapist friend to Leo, I feel like that is the kind of emotional support that Leo needs in his life. Mm. But every time, every time, like, it's just, it's just like Leo getting in the way of, it's just like Leo being a third wheel and who is getting in the way of Piper and Jason and who they find annoying like like a child like they find him like an annoying child when actually he's like Piper he's your friend yeah yeah I, I think that's the whole thing like this is the thing that I find the most disappointing about this book it's like we find out obviously in this in this section as well that Jason is 100% a figment of the mist like he the whole story that like Piper and Leo have about Jason is not real he only appeared to them today but that means that Piper and Leo's friendship was real. They've yeah. just like Jason's just been kind of like inputted into those memories. But we see no hints of an actual friendship between exactly. Piper and Leo. It's kind exactly. of just like told, but we're not shown any actual moments yeah, exactly. between them. And then, like, if they're meant to be friends, when you find out that Jason wasn't actually ever a part of your life, one of the first that like, if I were in that situation, I would be like, oh my god, I gotta tell Leo. Like, Leo, did you know Jason wasn't real? Like, yeah, yeah. That would be like something that I would be concerned about, and but she's like, no, 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 I'm broken. Oh, God. it was just yeah. And then like, oh. she confides all these things in Annabeth, and I know, admittedly, like what we've been shown of Leo so far is that he's kind of immature. But like, if you are friends with a person, you would go to that person, you would confide in them, you would bond with them more. Yeah, like they, exactly. like they've both, they've both lost a person in their life that they thought exactly, was a big yeah. part. Like, That'd be devastating. Like, exactly. I don't know. What I thought there would have been, a, been a, there would have been like more grief. Like there would be some kind of grief element about this. And I don't, I don't even, I can't even remember how Leo took it. Like, I think he just kind of like took it in his stride and like moved on because like, again, you've got Jason who is like still very unsure about it. He's just like, oh, Leo is this person who's making jokes and getting on my nerves. So it's like, it's not exactly like a, it's not exactly like a warm introduction between them anyway. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even consider them friends. Like, ever. No, not at all. It's like, geez, like, I don't think that they would be, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. But yeah. I, back, like, I don't really see Jason as much as a character, so fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the whole thing, like, that, especially considering this series in particular, as it goes on, like, there's this whole, like, focus on the seven, like, these seven heroes who have to yeah. band together. Friendships are, like, non-existent in this series. I the, hate that so much. Honestly. Like romantic relationships are, the, are such a huge focus in this series, and it is very, very frustrating. It's and just like, so, it's just like, and speaking on that on that kind of subject of like um, friendships being like really, really diminished. When that whole thing with Reina and Jason happened, I was so devastated. Not even in the sense that like oh, like Reina was cheated out of a boyfriend. Like that was upsetting because looking at her character, it's all very like 
it's it's all it's looking at her character it's like she deserves more but like i was just more this is what made me like not like jason like you had a friend you had a best friend of how many years your memory got wiped and then you remembered who she was and then like it's like he kind of just discarded his relationship with reina entirely yeah like it was just so it was just so hard to watch and it was very sad to watch and it's like how can you do that to your friend like that is something like and Rain is a better person than me because I would not be able to forgive that. <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, a better person like, than I am. And be respectful that... as well. Like, she's respectful to everyone there. She's, like, respectful to Anima. She's respectful to Piper. Everything. She's a nice person. She's a better person than me. I would have torched the place. Like, that is just insulting. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, and I like, think that's the whole thing. Like, the, the, the lack of friendships in this series. Like, we see this whole budding thing between Annabeth and Piper. Mm-hmm. But then, like, as we know, Annabeth is not in this book after this like they go on the yeah. quest and she doesn't appear again so that disappears and then the friendship between our new trio really doesn't develop because then we bring in a romantic relationship again uh leo becomes a third wheel again and when we do get piper's yeah. like pov it is still very romance centered as we're seeing now and it just it's disappointing that when we finally do get yeah yeah we're tired (laughs) we're so tired of it but it's very much the thing of like when we do have the female perspectives especially like obviously later on we also we have piper now we get annabeth later and we get hazel as well there is so much romance that is focused in their chapters and yet their romantic partners don't have the same situation in their pov chapters exactly again written by a written by a man very clearly written by a man because we're seeing that in Jason's section as well. Like he's like, "Oh, I feel really bad," but he's not thinking about her. <laughs> like he doesn't he just care. Wants to know what is going on? Yeah. He just wants to know what's going on. He just wants to know what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's a little bit disappointing that these kind of, and, and that's kind of the whole situation as well. Like what we mentioned earlier. Like we're at page one hundred and sixteen. All we know so far is that Piper has feelings for Jason. Jason doesn't know what's happening. Leo can make <laughs> fire. And the goddess has arrived and needs help. That's all we know, like nearly 100, like 116 pages in. And that's it, it story-wise. The narrative uh, is really not going anywhere. <laughs> and then a huge chunk of that is just Leo making jokes. And like, wow, we really, like, it's, it's just like page after page of like one-liners and like petty fights, petty cat fights. And it's just like 116 pages of that. Okay yeah and it just it it continues after this like as as people will know when i go into and into this for next week's episode like it doesn't stop we have like another 100 pages before (laughs) we go anywhere (laughs) it's just it's a bit much like at this point especially when we get this notification from the goddess we could have had a quest be given right now by the goddess herself yeah but no, another hundred pages before that happens. Talking about like we should be making mind maps and like looking at maps and like brushing up on our mythology and our history, figuring out who this person is. But it's like no, let's focus on other things. Like how do you like if I were in the situation, I would be all about. I would be all over this. But honestly. Yeah, and I think the only thing that has actually that is interesting in regards to this narrative is the fact that Piper's father has been captured, so she's ending yeah. up sort of a double agent in a sense because we've not really had that as like a main plot. Like, obviously, we had the whole Selena situation where she was kind of giving information to the other side, predominantly in the end against her will, 
but like this is it's a really interesting thing to have a main character struggling to figure out that to to know that Uh, she's going to have to betray these people that she cares about but no she's going to have to do it but that's the only interesting thing narrative wise thus far that's kind of popped up but um to, to kind of move on to the, the sort of the final bit especially to do with the mythology we've got quite a bit that's happened mythology wise which I quite like that we've got a lot of mythology happening in yeah. this situation um but the main one is the one that you've brought up which we've talked a lot about on Instagram and that's to do with Aphrodite and like her characterization yes. and obviously yes. again her characterization here is just really in the form of Drew at the moment yeah. there will be more that happens but there is there is a lot to unpack. There is so much I can say and discuss about this. Okay, so mythology, Aphrodite. So she is literally, if I'm not mistaken, the eldest god god in existence. Mm. And looking at how she's um, portrayed in the books the entire time, it's this. And again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the feminine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being soft, gentle, and knowing, because that is how she is in the books. But the issue I have is that that is just how she's put in this book. And I, and I, I, I can see that the author has done this intentionally, because in mythology, this was a, she was a very vicious, vicious character. She was like, she was jealous vindictive spiteful to the max and like that mm. wasn't because this wasn't depicted because the side of aphrodite was like barely ever discussed in the entire pgo hoo series when we got drew it was like this is a child of aphrodite that has to go it's like no she doesn't have to go anywhere <laughs> is actually like if if not for this whole like cat if if not for the fact that we have this male author writing like oh we have a popular pretty girl we have a girl who doesn't care about her looks like let's obvi- let's make them fight because that's that's the obvious route to take this in mm-hmm. what and be- again like he's only set up aphrodite as a as a specific um you know feminine character that um you know as, my, as much as Piper doesn't like it, she can relate to that side of Aphrodite, you know, the gentle, the loving, the kindness side of Aphrodite. And then when we get Drew, it's like immediate clash. Mm. And, you know, I can understand that. I can understand that. Like, Drew has a very strong personality and I'm not trying to justify her, her being mean, cruel. I'm not trying to justify cruelty, but I'm just... Drew's potential was also very wasted because Aphrodite has again, a darker side, and which is, this is exactly what Drew embodies. And this darker side of Aphrodite was, again, very vicious and very strong and very powerful. And because of that, Drew also had potential to be very powerful herself. So, like, when Piper challenged her to um, to a sword fight, like, to a duel, like, Drew stepped down. But I, And then, like, that was meant to show Drew as, like, oh, no, you know, she's... at. Be, Drew is actually very weak because of because of all those traits that she possesses. She she focuses too much on being pretty. She focuses too much on like um hmm. superficiality in relationships and appearances. Um, and because of that, she's weak. When actually, if you were to look at that in another way, that she is a very commanding character. She is um she's she's a very no nonsense kind of person, you know. And it's like. With the correct with with the correct kind of writing, like Drew could have been a very Drew. I feel like Drew and Piper could have had a very interesting relationship. Yeah, like 
there was no need for them to be fighting because like Piper embodies one half of Aphrodite, but then so does Drew, and those two can come together to make one one beautiful thing, you know? Um mm. so again, um back to Aphrodite. So, you know, he his the writer has it feels like they he's intentionally done this and then when he also when there was that scene where, I, where Aphrodite and Piper meet where she talks to Piper about um um how you know when she talks to Piper about her children and her and you know Piper's siblings she says she says that my children are looked down on as you know superficial and cruel and unkind and all those things and it's like well when you actually know the story of Aphrodite it's like well you <laughs> Well, this way, <laughs> things, yeah, but because you know those uh, those traits weren't written in this book, they were left out. It's like it's like you're telling a whole other story entirely. Mm. It's like we don't have a full fleshed version of we don't have a full fleshed telling of Aphrodite in Aphrodite in this book, and that is um you know that is also you know it it yeah it's also it also lends to the idea that um you know you know, a children of Aphrodite, such a feminine figure would be automatically weak um, mm. because we don't get to see them, we don't get to see them as forces to be reckoned with the way their mother was in the, you know, in the true mytholo- mytholo- mythologi- mythological stories. So that is something that is, um, that is something that I think about and I know has been discussed a lot. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's very, it's very glaring. It's a very glaring topic, absolutely. Mm. No, and definitely. Then, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, did you want to say? Oh, no, 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 don't worry. I'm just saying, like, it's a very true sort of statement with that. It's just that, like, Drew could have been such an interesting character, but literally, this is the only book we see her in. We don't see her really again in Heroes Olympus. Um, And she's shown as, like, she's beaten down. She's, like, she's stuck up. She's annoying. She's rude. Also find it a little bit... She deserves to fall. Like, why do we... Why why did we need all of that? Like, again, no one is saying that you have to be, you know, an asshole, like, the way Drew yeah. Um, but again, that's like just that's just the way she was written. Like the like my thing is like, my thing is like she had potential to be, you know, better than that. Like, mm. like what's wrong with having a what's wrong with having a dolled up um captain for your like captain like the whole point of bringing Piper in was to be thrown Drew. So like we have like a more serious child of Aphrodite, but like why can't Drew be a serious child? Um, exactly. Like I like I would like you know like you know let the let like let her do her hair and do her makeup in the morning and then like you know be a good cat be a good um leader of the cabin like let her like you could actually I would actually go to Drew for advice on romantic relationships because like you know we've got Piper talking but like being a child of Aphrodite is about spreading beauty and being loving it's like true but like when you've got a when you've got someone like Drew who is more in tune with like you know the stronger bolder emotions and jealousy and you know you know like just kind of like a strong it's just like i would go to her for relationships that she would be the kind of person that would tell you like when someone is it good for you like Mm. what she would be a very like she would be a very like no nonsensical person that's what i liked but that's what i that's the kind of potential i would like to have seen when you know in writing about um in writing about female characters, especially Aphrodite, children, Aphrodite female children, because you know, basically, basically, in a nutshell, the problem is is that this writing ignores the fact that female characters um, are very much multifaceted, very multidimensional, and that is something that has been 
wildly ignored and um, not really, not really, you know, explored. And again, it's all just down to like the fact that it's a male author writing female different female characters who are all linked and because they're all linked it's all like just all in one narrative and that is where it's mm. all falling short yeah so that's that <laughs> so that's um the part about Aphrodite and then I also I also actually just thought about this one today actually sorry for going on because I have so much no to- no don't worry go for it go for it this is this, <laughs> this is interesting <laughs> so when when Piper chose Helen's dagger, dagger, that was actually very, very meaningful. And um, so with Helen of Troy being very well known for her love and beauty, which, which is what Aphrodite and her, and her offspring embody, Piper getting this dagger, now this dagger in the hands of Helen was, it, it was described as being a tool for vanity by the previous owner. Uh, but another way to look at it here, so like, as a two, like when we said, like when Annabeth said, like oh, she only looked at that's what that knife has never seen a fight a day in its life. Like it was, it was basically a mirror. So from that, like so from that, it's telling us that it's meant. It's like this is a useless thing. This is like it's like it's it's associated with vanity and vanity and beauty now. So it's automatically like not the fact that it was not used in a fight is telling us that it's useless. Okay. Mm. Now another thing to so again vanity being a female trait and a very much aphrodite trait and then we've got an, a child of aphrodite picking up this this knife this dagger that was meant to be for vanity so another way to look at it here is that like who's who said like who said mirrors are a bad thing who said looking at yourself is a bad thing here why is like why is um admiring oneself uh, again a female trait because female women are you know women are conditioned to like look at their appearances more and it's not bad to take care of yourself absolutely not like I'm very much a get dolled up do my hair um as you can see in this video chat like I got I got pretty (laughs) (laughs) like I love getting I love getting pretty like I love that definitely and I think that's also why I like Drew but anyway um (laughs) um so now when Piper uses it when Piper looks into this mirror she sees a mature confident stronger version of herself and in that 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 will actually tell you how useful this having like a mirror like this is so like you in it's like the way Annabeth describes it it's like it's intended to be discarded because it's like meant to be for like looking but actually this looking is actually a strong quality a very meaningful and useful quality of this of this weapon so Piper looks at it and she sees a a more refined version of herself a confident strong daring she looks she looks bolder even if that's not how she feels and that is very important because these are qualities that you need as a hero on a quest so this looking at that that is something that you should absolutely that is something that that is something that's kind of providing some kind of like moral support some kind of like indirect support like yes you can do this so like you kind of like looking at yourself in the mirror saying like yes you can do this you are beautiful you are strong you are confident you are radiant like yes that is something that that is something that you sh- that that you that you should absolutely that, that you could absolutely absolutely want on a quest with you and then and then to look at that further like the, obviously we know that the blade shows her visions of her father of like different scenes on quests like she can see different people in different places and again it's useful it's useful so this trait of like quote-unquote vanity this um this same vanity that like left that 
led to that dagger being put away and unused for for god knows how long eons i guess and mm. then but looking at it again looking at it looking at it from a completely different narrative from a, flipping the script entirely it's like that is actually one of the most powerful tools you can have like again with aphrodite being like the most powerful eldest goddess like god goddess that there is like they even if further in the books they also describe they also describe this how how love existed before anything else like just how this this abstract abstract concept love and beauty that just that has to be so overshadowed 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 and like kind of disrespected is actually mm. you know one of the strongest things about that you just simply cannot beat um and obviously when piper grows into this narrative like she gets stronger she's more she's more she's more efficient she's more confident she is more badass if you will so that is so again like with the mythology um with the mythology in this book in this the way it's it's written so it's again it's all very much um a male author like leaving out specific things and like not going further into like certain topics that could actually like make the female characters and their storylines more fleshed out and you know give it make it more profound and give it more depth like that is something that like you know as a reader as like a reader like myself i can pick these things up um but it's just something that i just find constantly interesting so that mm. is what that was my take on the whole mythology especially in regards to piper and as a child of aphrodite um, no definitely i think there's especially to do with the dagger as well i think there's something like like you mentioned like this idea of it being used as vanity is what led to it being discarded by the the demigods of the camp it kind of makes me did you ever see the um scooby-doo live action film with sarah michelle geller by any chance yes is that the one where she got the make when got the makeover uh yes yes that one yeah yeah so in that exact film as well so in the second one which is i can't uh, scooby-doo 2 i think it's just what it's called i don't uh, monsters unleashed i think is the full title there is a scene where she uses tools of quote-unquote vanity of like getting her powder out and like yeah. uh waxing strip to get them out of a um no. a trap and like so she's yeah. using tools of vanity to mm-hmm. a tactical advantage like it's and she's shown as like people just think that she's like a pretty face she can't really do anything but like Velma's character not Velma Daphne's character is shown yeah. as like no you can be more than pretty you can use attraction exactly. and beauty and vanity to a tactical advantage is more than enough it is absolutely a strength which is why i love characters like daphne like drew like you know the pretty girls um you know this is why i root for them because i i it's like there's no like i feel like there's no vain way of saying this like i see myself in them no i totally get you it's the best way like they have they bring such interesting traits to these ideas of beauty and love as well in that you know it's not just vain like it's like that whole legally blonde situation like Elle Woods is seen as just a dumb blonde, but she is intelligent as hell. Like, there is more to people than just beauty. Yeah, yeah. And beauty is also a strength in and of itself. Exactly. I I wish it was explored more, though. It's it's not beauty, love. It's all beauty, love, kindness, all those family interests. They've been around since, like, they are as old as time. Like, Mm. you absolutely... like, Like, 
it's 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 so formidable like feminine like the whole point of the whole point here that i'm trying to make is that feminine and aphrodite like qualities are a lot more formidable formidable than given credit for than they are depicted in the books and this is something that we're missing out on so much because it would be like it is such a it's such a it's such an inspiring and empowering thing that could have been written about but again it's just got the potential of that is all lost so yeah. yeah, I mean, again, not to discredit the writer because he's done a hell of a job with this series. Like, you know, he's really put um, mythology, Greek mythology on the map, absolutely. But again, you just can't help but notice like every now and then, like this is just, yeah. Yeah, there are some things that are kind of missed in certain areas, um, especially in regards yeah. to the female characters. But I mean, it's that whole thing of just like, he is a male author. There are going to be things that you can miss in that. There are some male authors who do write female characters really well. But there are yeah. things here and there where there are some things that can be missed. Same for like female authors writing male characters. Like it kind of goes both ways. And you can notice it a lot yeah. in Piper particularly. Yeah, exactly. Like I think about it. Um, uh, I think about it. I think about it like what the process was like. Did you run it through by, did you, did you run this by a girlfriend or two? Like, did you like ask them, did you like, did you like sit down with your friends and like talk up talk to them like how female friendships really are like i wanted to know i just wanted to know what like the kind of research that went into it when he decided to like devote chapters to female characters i wanted yeah. to like I, i'm just interested to know i'm just interested to know in like the process that went into the, writing mm-hmm. these characters as a man for him how it was for him but yeah i mean that would definitely be interesting to find out for sure um i i don't personally know but it'd be interesting to find out like the level because yeah. like around the time that these were being written as well like there wasn't much of a thing of like having like sensitivity readers to yeah exactly like that, that. Is a good point. that is a very good point and again like the demographic the the main demographic at the time like we were all pretty young weren't we like the ones who were like from the for, like from the beginning like we were all pretty young and where where the hell were we gonna like articulate such narratives such elaborate and sophisticated narratives like how we, where were we gonna pick stuff apart like this so yeah, so yeah. it's Literally more a case of us like looking back at it like actually mm. no I completely agree I think that's the sort of thing like especially like um going through it now like seeing um for this next part of the mythology it's sort of the Roman aspect that comes with it as well like when I read these books now I'm just like how did it like I can't believe it took me so long to figure out oh yeah clearly Jason is from the Roman side of things like it's so obvious I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't pick up on it straight away the first time I read it like <laughs> That's kind of the main negative. Well, there's a lot of negatives about Jason's sections, but like the main negative I have is that the it's so obvious his connection to these Roman gods, but they aren't picking up on it. Like, like the heroes aren't picking up it. The characters aren't picking up on it. They just never know about Captain Jupiter. Like, I mean, yeah, it just seemed to be. Even still, like even without the Camp Jupiter side, you'd think it'd be a bit weird that this kid who knows supposedly knows nothing about gods knows everything about the roman gods has an sp especially annabeth she saw the tattoo with the spqr she is a brainiac spqr is a very well-known thing for the roman like like empire like i've been to rome a couple of times and everywhere you go you'll see spqr like everywhere in the streets of rome exactly and like she she would know this because she she is very very smart but she still doesn't pick up on it which is why in my head i'm like maybe this is why she wasn't sent on the quest with them because she'd figured it out too easily and it would be a much again it would be a much shorter book honestly it'd be such a shorter book if annabeth went with them 
but like mm. there's just so many things like it's so telling about his background like him speaking latin the sbqr the roman names just like every bit of it is just so overt but people aren't figuring out like even like the deep dive that clovis the um son of hypnos um yeah. Uh, the the sleep god like talking about the personality and the differences between the roman gods and like and yet none of them can figure it out like that's the dumbest thing i think that's the dumbest thing from this section is that no one can figure this out that clearly he's probably from the roman side if that's all he's knowing exactly. at this point and then like, like, and be like that's probably where percy is we've got a roman they have a greek let's go find camp jupiter but, <laughs> yeah. uh, book. we needed all the drama we needed them to fly halfway across america we needed them to like put, go outside and freeze we needed them to do all of that didn't we so yeah yeah it's just it's i was looking back at it i'm just like how did i not figure it out although i don't remember if i maybe i did i don't actually remember if i figured it out or not but reading it i'm kind of like this is come on like be a bit more subtle <laughs> they literally waited until the, like the last minute to this to, to like um disclose to disclose it to the audience like the last line of the book is like that's where percy must be then camp jupiter like not in those words but like camp so like that so like, it's just like the last two sentences that's like oh camp, camp jupiter is a thing that's where percy is yeah, like yeah. the whole book and then we get yeah. the last two like oh that's where percy is yeah and like but you're getting these hints these hot like if the hints had been a little bit more subtle like we had these entire two chapters with jason talking about roman gods talking in latin like all these things are so obvious and yet then it's like just make it a little bit more subtle and i think i probably wouldn't be as frustrated by it as like i am going through it at the moment but i think that's just the thing with this section of the book is just there's just there is so much exposition and so much just kind of like oh yeah these things are happening this is happening this is the situation yeah. and stuff like it just feels a bit kind of like we were saying like there are certain sections of this part that just feels really draining mainly <laughs> leo and jason's parts i think leo is because well, obviously leo's not really got much of a character at the moment but then jason's it's like we're just being thrown so much stuff at us yeah. with no context that so we're kind of like uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, no context, what keeps them so bland like even when all this interesting stuff is happening you're still not interesting how do you manage to do that yeah it's literally it's like oh you know that whole um, media theory of just like if you can replace a female character with a sexy lamp you need to work on your female character um jason uh, could well, very easily be replaced with like a plank of wood like oh absolutely <laughs> and that's not a good thing <laughs> if your character can be replaced with a plank of wood you need to sort oh, out your character <laughs> literally but um oh, yeah gosh. i think that's kind of it with this we've talked so much we've talked about the romance we've talked about aphrodite there's there's there is so much there oh my god this has been great I this is <laughs> an hour and a half yeah <laughs> to everyone listening you better be happy because this was a lot of fun <laughs> it may it may even if it's long i don't i there's been there's longer podcasts you guys can't sure. complain i'm happy with this exactly this has been I so interesting off my chest <laughs> <laughs> exactly i'll have to get you to come back at another point with something to talk absolutely. about these things absolutely <laughs> i look forward to it Oh, 100%. Now, to everyone listening, of course, you guys know the drill as to the situation. We have this week's question of the episode for the Camp Half-Blood section. Now, this is something that I'm just truly fascinated by and is probably one of the only interesting things that happened um, in this segment of the book. So this week's question of the episode going up on our social media is, 
The real, oh, I can't speak English first, Fran. The reveal of Piper's father being a hostage was unexpected. How did you feel about this in terms of this being Piper's character conflict? Obviously, that's going up on all our social media the day after this episode drops. So let you let us know your thoughts in the comment section on that post, or you can email in to the podcast as well, because uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Because I thought that was a really interesting part about Piper's character. Like that's her main conflict of like betraying people that she cares about, possibly, or losing her yeah. father. And you know, it speaks a lot about her character as a demigod as well so um like sorry not like I, I just feel like i just feel compelled to answer the question like <laughs> go for it if, go for it if the books were like more if the, if the book focused more on this this character conflict as opposed to like just like the jason th- that, that whole jason thing like i like it it just shows it just goes to show like um piper really especially as a, especially as a child of aphrodite this is very meaningful as a child of aphrodite i think how powerful Piper as a character is or has the potential to be uh, because the fact that it was her father that was kidnapped like her like her parents you know Mm. her father was kidnapped being held hostage and they're literally uh, you know it's her that is that has been targeted for this it's just like it, it, it you know it just shows that I mean if it were let's say if it were like a male character like this would be all that he would be thinking about so this is like all that you know all mm. that like as we saw like with the with the first book in percy jackson where percy is being accused of stealing the lightning bolts like mm. that is you know you have this um powerful demigod of a powerful god you know taking the center stage here and that's what i feel like should have been that's what it should have been for piper in this book as well um so yeah when it was when yeah when piper's father's situation was was unearthed to us when it was disclosed to us we really see we especially when especially with the rescue effort itself when they actually get to her father like when we see her sort of like taking the reins and everything where she is commandeering a helicopter um for um for transport for transportation and you know the way she you the way she emotionally comports herself with her father and the, the the dialogue that they have between the two of them like this is piper in a whole different kind of scenario and a whole different scene but again it's all just like myth, missed potential um that's how i personally feel about this you know about this conflict that she carries with her throughout the books again it would have helped if she had like if she had been i feel like if she had expressed this more she if she mm. had been if she had spoken about this to her friend like she it would have been like it would have it would have like emboldened her character um earlier on as well like she, mm. it would it would make her it would it would be that she would it's that she's taking the reins like she's taking charge of it she's owning the situation and she's like actually doing something about it but again you know at the time she doesn't know better she's um to be fair it's all very new to her like mm. you wake up one day and some monsters have taken your parent like you know what fair enough she's yeah. it's traumatizing people the way trauma affects people's um, train of uh, way of thinking, like, you know, that has to be accounted for. So I'm not going to hold her to that too much, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, it definitely, um, it's two sides of the character. You've got this side of her and then the side, the not so flattering side of her, who's always worried about like her relationship status. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's giving her some sort of duality here. That's how I feel about it. 
All right, fab. That is great to hear. Now, for everyone listening, Eric, can you tell them where they can find you if you want to share your social media or anything about you that um, you would like for people to check out or support in some way? Honestly, like I just use social media for like <laughs> for like entertainment purposes. I don't really. I'm not. A, I'm not a content creator. But if you wanted to reach out to me, you can absolutely just give me a message on Instagram. It's so my Instagram handle is my first name and my last name. So it's Arit A R I T Adet E D E T and two T's on the end on the end. So it's E D E T T because apparently Arit that was taken. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to add an extra two on the end so I'm very um I mean it may not seem like because my page is private but that's just because I I keep it private but I'll if you were to reach out to me I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mean to you I'm def- I'm definitely like up to like I'm definitely up to have a chat and just talk about like different things about the book just like just have a little fandom moment absolutely you're mm-hmm. welcome to do that um friend and I friend and I have been friends for like ages so <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> from teenhood I'm a <laughs> definitely Definitely. she is um and obviously for everyone listening that is linked in the episode show notes you can go check that out and uh drop her a conversation if you are interested in doing so because we talk all the time about this stuff so (laughs) and it's like why not (laughs) exactly yeah make it a little bit more um social (laughs) all right fab so as um of course to everyone listening thank you for joining us for uh this week's episode uh be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue the road i can't say that word very well the royaldenverse journey uh to plug where you can find (laughs) this podcast we are available on spotify apple podcast audio boom stitcher deezer and basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts in the meantime between episodes you can find the best damn camp on various social media our best damn camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com or if you're interested you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for early access and other exclusive perks want more percy jackson content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my own writing drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you guys for tuning in and thank you arit for joining me for this episode this is an absolute blast and i will definitely have to get you back on again thank you so much fan i had such a good time this is like my first ever i'm a podcast listener but i've never participated and i'm having so much fun and i've really enjoyed our chat today so thank you very much for having me and thank you to everyone for listening and um hearing my thoughts so again just i'll take my page off private for a bit and then like you can always just message me follow me on that then we can have a chat we can just like have back and forth like video um not video chats but, i mean video chats if you want to you get to that point um as long as you're not creepy exactly don't be weird don't be weird <laughs> we covered this at the beginning don't be weird. <laughs> yeah right. so yeah we can always just have a nice chat like I'll, i will get lazy and start sending voice notes because i'm too tired to type but yeah <laughs> i'm friendly don't worry <laughs> all right fab all right guys i have been fran your very hunter and i'll see you slash speak to you guys next time bye bye